Streaming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't see you through that. I thought I was going to sneeze. Hi, Miss Princess. How are you today? <laughs> Isn't that the worst, too? You, you're talking on radio and you got to sneeze. You eventually, you just have to say, hold on. I'm going through something <laughs> right, right here. <laughs> Hey, Brittany, I'm ready to talk sports. I want to just say, Brittany, women's basketball has come a long way. When the tickets for tonight's game between LSU and South Carolina in Baton Rouge um, are selling for $3,500 apiece. How about that? Yes, absolutely. It's funny because on the Tuesday night show, um, uh, the sideline speaks, you know, with myself and K-Walk and Jay. K-Walk or Kevin Walker, he actually asked us, um, does the North Carolina versus uh, UNC men's men's basketball does it still hold the same weight as it did before? And I stated I didn't think so because I think women's basketball has just taken over for me for men's basketball. Right, most people when they talk about college basketball, it's about what's Clay Kevin Clark doing, what's Angel Reese doing, what is South Carolina doing. I don't, see, I don't even know any players in men's basketball anymore. I don't think I do. I know a few. I know a couple. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know Armando Baycock. Uh, I know his name. But you're right. I know more names in women's basketball right now than I do men's basketball. And I do try to watch um, men's basketball, especially the SEC. Um, mm-hmm. But women's basketball is taken over, and I want to go ahead and give Tara Vandeveer head coach for Stanford before we get started. Congratulations to her. She's exceeded, um, you know, Mike Krzyzewski, and now she is the top coach with the most wins in college basketball history, men or women. So congratulations to her, too. I'm, I'm happy to see this evolution of women's basketball. Absolutely. I'm glad people are starting to appreciate the women's game yeah. a lot more and understand that. That is real basketball, guys. That is, if you want yeah. to fundamentally and technical, just a fundamental sound basketball to play the game properly. And every basketball player on the court is talented. It just doesn't depend on the athleticism. Uh, yeah. You go to women's basketball. Yeah. And one more thing. During my generation, I thought women's basketball was, you know, you run down to the, the court and you all fight over the ball and someone falls on the floor, you get the ball, you run back down. I thought it was a little helter-skelter. But, mm-hmm. right, your generation changed. And I think, and I know we can go and give some shout-outs to Cheryl Miller and, 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 and Cheryl Swoot, so we can do a lot of that. But I'm talking about overall, um, I, you can see the superstars started evolving with your generation and and I have to thank them for it. The game has really come a long way. And I hope that means, too, one more thing. All 12 WNBA head coaches are supposed to be there at night. Not the scouts, but the head coaches. Wow. Has that ever yeah. happened? My goodness. I don't, wow. <laughs> I don't think it ever has. And I think that's really neat um, because I think you've got some, some, um, some top ten players on there. I think Angel Reese will be – you know, um, drafted pretty high, but also um, six seven Carmela Cardosa from South Carolina. But all twelve WNBA teams, the head coaches, um, I read that on ESPN, will be in the house tonight in Baton Rouge. That's pretty cool. Wow! And I got one more thing to say before we get started. WNBA, NBA, whoever's in charge of the WNBA, whatever. We need a franchise in Philadelphia. It is a shame that one of the biggest cities in America does not have a franchise. Where is yeah. this franchise in Philadelphia? We need it. We need it now because you're cutting players. You're cutting extremely talented players who have to go overseas and, and play because there's not enough teams in the WNBA. Uh, and they are right still here. doing that. Yeah. Right. The exactly. fandom and the fan base in Philly is like no other, and they can handle another franchise in Philadelphia for sure, for sure. So 
a shout out to Lurie and whoever owns, um, you know, uh, the the basketball. Does Lurie own basketball and 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 football or just football? No, just football. Okay. It's, so uh, the owners of the Sixers own basketball and. and oh wow! Uh, oh wow! Because remember, the Sixers owner went and bought the Commanders. That's um, right. And then, and then he also brought the New Jersey Devils. Which that tells you right there, he has no allegiance whatsoever to Philadelphia because you bought no. two rivals. That makes no sense. No, no. And and we we fans we get really emotional about our teams, but if mm-hmm. we look at our owners, our, and, and even a lot of players, they don't they don't have the investment that we have with our sweat, blood, and tears. Um, we'll we'll get emotional over the wins and losses of our our, our games and our teams. But either way, the owner is going to walk away with some millions every game just from the ticket sales and, and the concession stands. And we forget that, that it's a business for them, but it's an investment of, of, of the heart from our the fans for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So we need to get a franchise here. And that owner yeah. of the Sixers, lucky you the owner of my Sixers. Um, outside <laughs> of that, I don't like you. But all right, Princess, we're oh. going to get started because I know we have a special guest. At, yeah, we got a special guest at 745. coming on. Yeah, so let's get going. Yes. All right, Princess, we got to start with the NFL. It's been a, so many announcements that has been made. I'm not even sure if I could keep up with everything. <laughs> but we're going to start with, um, ooh, I almost said San, San Diego Chargers. Ooh, that's going back. The L.A. Chargers, um, they just recently hired Jim Harbaugh as their head coach and has uh, been made official. I believe it was made official yesterday. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this hiring? Well, he was, you know, he was up to his second or third interview with the Falcons, but it seemed like the landing place was going to be the Chargers, and, and that's, he really wanted to go back to California. Remember, he was head coach for the 49ers. Um, and um, so I think he was gravitating towards um, California, but maybe gravitating towards the Chargers, who I think are ready to win now. They just need to get um, a proven coach, um, and I don't think their last one, Staley or whatever his name was, was it for the team. So um, I, I was not surprised. I was surprised to see him interview and go on tour because I think he interviewed with two or three other teams. Um, but he landed back where he wanted to be, who um, are in win-now mode. And I, I think they have the horses, and, and I, I think the cupboard is full there. Let's see what happens. I'm, so, I'm kind of surprised, though, after a national championship that he didn't go back and rest on his laurels, but maybe not because I think he was maybe going to face some more NCAA, um, you know, investigations. So congratulations to him. He's back in um, the NFL, and this year the Chargers will play the Ravens. So Harbaugh versus Harbaugh Bowl will come up in 2024. Yeah. Um, I think this is the best job to grab um, as a head coach, to be honest with you. And I, I really think the pairing is fantastic. Um, like you said, Brandon Staley just couldn't get it done. I'm not sure if he knew really what to do with all this talent on this team. Then Harbaugh is going to know what to do. He's going to he's going to know what to do, how to be creative on the um uh, on the offensive side, how to attack the defense, and he understands how to uh, um help to bring up and develop the young talent, which is going to be incredible. That's what we've seen him do in Michigan. Um, I think this is great for Justin Herbert as long as he stays healthy because they have way too much talent on this, especially on the offensive side of the ball. There's just way too much talent um, with the receivers that they have. I think Keenan Allen is still there. I can't think of the young man, the uh, the other receiver right now, the young receiver who's extremely talented. His name's just not coming to my head at this moment. But this is, this to me, could potentially and easily make the Chargers playoff contending team. I'm not going to say a Super Bowl contending team yet. I, mean, I got to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in time, Jim Harbaugh can get them to become contenders for the Super Bowl. That's how uh, great of a coach he is. But definitely next year, I believe they are a playoff team with Jim Harbaugh and all that talent that they have already um, with Jim Harbaugh coming coming in. 
Yeah, you know, um, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, let's, let's see how that plays out. I'm excited for next year, and we're still trying to, to button up, you know, this year um, as far as uh, the, the, the playoffs and, and everything is concerned. I wanted to see, yeah, they, they're in the AFC West with Kansas City, Vegas, and Denver, and, and that's a winnable division next year, um, Brittany, except for, you know, Kansas City is there. But they can come out of that division with at least, you know, um, I think a playoff spot. But let's see how it goes. Because I do think, Brittany, that no matter what, Harbaugh, and I'm talking about Jaron Harbaugh, who was just hired, I think he's a little quirky. And um, I know that they don't like to, to hear that, or I know his dad said something about that today. You know, if you mean winning um, and getting, you know, young men to buy in and motivate them, then he's quirky, then I guess so. But he's a little quirky, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, but I mean, look, that corkiness works. So corkiness works, and he's a good coach. And I think this will hopefully turn things around for Justin Herbert um, because Justin Herbert is talented, and coaching for young quarterbacks is extremely important. I don't understand. I'm not trying to go off topic here, but I don't understand why so many young quarterbacks get criticized so harshly when we could clearly see they don't have the proper coaching around them. And that goes for Justin Herbert. That goes for Jalen Hurts. That goes for uh, uh, quite a few other young quarterbacks as well. These All these quarterbacks mm-hmm. are still young, 24, 25 years old, yeah. four years in the league, three, four years in the league, somewhere in that nature. And those two guys specifically have not had the proper coaching to help develop their skill set or uh, uh, create schemes that allow them to succeed um, Mm -hmm. offensively. Mm -hmm. So Jim Harbaugh, I think, is perfect for for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I want to see. Yes, it's going to be interesting. All right, let's go to the next topic, and we're going to stay in the NFL. It's a lot of announcements. This is that time of of the year. It has not been made official yet by this team, by the team, but it has been reported by Adam Schefter and so many more that Vic Fangio has parted ways with the Miami Dolphins and will become the Eagles' next defensive coordinator. He is supposed to be in Philadelphia right now looking to sign in a contract this fast. That might be some tampering situation somewhere in there. I don't know. <laughs> But that's what it sounds like. But the Eagles have been trying to get this guy for the last three or so years. They finally reportedly got his guy, although it has not officially been announced. What are your thoughts of Vic Fangio becoming the Eagles defensive coordinator? You know, Brittany, I remember this this story kind of rearing up last year. They were really seeking him, but for some reason he couldn't leave Miami or something happened. But the window of opportunity opened up again. And um, you know he was able to move to move there, and, I, and I've heard read the same thing through Adam Schefter. I hope that's what um, you know he wants and what the Eagles want. You know, it's better than what I heard, and that was Ron Rivera in interviewing for the DC position at the Eagles. I think that's recycling just the same old thing. But it seems like this guy is very sought after. So I'm going to turn it over mm-hmm. to you and your thoughts. You're the Eagles fan. Your thoughts about this. Uh, um, I'm I, I'm be honest with you because the last two coordinators on the defensive side have gotten me so frustrated, and they come from that Vic Fangio tree. I just was not sure. I wasn't sure about mm-hmm. going with the whole Vic Fangio thing because I know he's more of a passive. I guess they say pass aggressive type of defense. Um, he doesn't blitz as much. He won't. Um, you know. Uh, do any, like, aggressive pressures um, on a defensive side of the ball. So I was a little concerned. But after, you know, really learning a little bit more about hearing what some people really had to say, I might not be against it anymore, um, and I think I'm willing to give it a chance because I guess it's better to have the guy who created (laughs) the the scheme versus people – who were trying to 
who come from his tree and trying to uh, yeah. uh, mock or imitate what he created. So any deficiencies mm-hmm. that our defense may have, he should be able to know, okay, we can't – he should be able to adjust his, his, his defensive scheme to ensure that this defense is still successful. Basically what he did a little bit in Miami when those guys got injured, he had a lot of injuries on Miami. Corners, mm-hmm. the safeties, the edges, they were all out for an, an extended period of time over the course of the season, and he, they still maintain a top ten defense. And when those guys all came back, they played much better. So I'm excited. I know it's more of a 3-4 base, I believe, um, which is great because Jordan Davis will be more that nose, which means um, uh, 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 oh goodness, Jalen Carter and Milton Williams will mm-hmm. hopefully be next to him. So I am a little excited. I do still think we have to get improved our safety uh, position and our linebacker position, which are important in his particular scheme because they'll probably be dropping back in coverage a lot more. So, hey, we got the guru. Let's go. <laughs> um, I'm ready to go. I'm just happy the last people are gone. So hopefully yeah, the players you know, get excited. I was just going to say, Brittany, is that on paper – the, the Eagles looked like they were headed back to the Super Bowl, and um, mm-hmm. and even at ten and one, you know we were we were you know saying they don't look as good as they should, but they were winning. And I don't, you know, I know I would take that place. We don't look as good as we should, but we're still winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think things just fell apart more on defense than they did on offense because the offense was still scoring twenty one, twenty eight, thirty two points. And the defense was giving up that amount of points sometimes. So um, they have the guru. They don't have the one that's interpreting that or that, you know, that it's not the mentee, it's the mentor now. Um, and he has a lot of good talent on defense. And as you mm-hmm. said, maybe pick up some depth at linebacker and at defensive backs and um, let's roll. I also, Brittany, and I don't want to, you know, spend a whole time on the Eagles. I don't want to get you riled up. But I, I want to see what happens with A.J. Brown. I don't think mm-hmm. they ended the season with him happy. I, I thought there was a lot of drama there and maybe some unnecessary by A.J. Brown. I want to see how that plays out. Yeah, I don't uh, – I, I agree. But I think the thing is nobody was happy. So I think his frustration yeah. – and there was a lot of other players who were frustrated. They weren't just as um, forward with it like he, he is. You know, he's not shy about his frustration. But you can hear in different interviews that other players were frustrated. So he will still be on the Eagles. I know there's trade rumors or whatnot. That's not happening. That that's that's kind of ridiculous. So um, new offensive coordinator will soon come in. But Princess, I will say this: if you have time, sit and watch the Eagles press conference <laughs> from yesterday. It was Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman. Prince, I'll be some. They strip Nick Sirianni basically of everything. He is literally just the CEO. They don't want his offensive scheme a part of this or anything. So it's it's very, very interesting how that's going to go. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, Jalen Hurts, or you said, you know, is still a very young quarterback. He took that step, that next step real early. And then maybe this year, I don't know if he was um, hurt or not. I think so. But um, and, and maybe it was just a sophomore blues in a way, you know. But this year, we, we I think you'll see a, a different offense and a, and a better team, and, and they'll be in the mix again. It's the NFC East for sure. Yes, absolutely. So hopefully things will improve. I think they will. Um, I think the, the players under Vic Fangio will understand their roles. You could clearly see they didn't understand their roles. They had no idea what was going on. Um, on the defensive side, I think he'll help to develop the young guys yeah. and really teach them this defense to ensure they succeed in their in their roles. All right, Princess, yeah. I know this wasn't on the topic list, but it was a big um, breaking news that came out just a few hours or so ago, um, and mm-hmm. that you had another blackhead coach that was just hired, <laughs> and that's Raheem Morris um, being yeah. hired by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and he has some good young talent over there. What are your thoughts on the hiring? You know, um, kudos to, to Arthur Blank. I've been really tough on Arthur Blank. And I said on the show earlier this week, you, you don't seem to have the formula for picking good coaches or you wouldn't have picked Arthur Smith. I thought he was a failed experiment. 
Um, and then, you know, here we are with Raheem Morris, who um, I remember as Duck was talking in the, in the earlier show, he was an assistant for um, Ron Prince in Kansas State. He ended up on the staff with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ended up on the staff with the Falcons, and was interim head coach for, you know, um, you know, four or five weeks there at the end of the season when they let go of another coach. But he goes in and interviews, and they interview everybody, Steve Wilkes. They interviewed Belichick twice, maybe three times. They had a second interview um, for Harbaugh, um, and they came down to this. Now, um, in our thread, it was said that Blank wanted Belichick, but the entire staff and, and, and front office wanted Raheem Morris, and that won out. Um, and, 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 I'm, and I'm happy for the this, this city. I think he is the best fit. Um, it is Atlanta, and I think he understands that. He's been there before, um, and I think he's probably learned a lot. He was very successful defensive coordinator for the Rams, um, and now he gets his, his uh, second stint at it. And the, I hear the Rams were really high and uh, on him and really selling him and having a campaign, hey, this coach needs to be hired. He is ready to be a head coach. So thank you to whatever the Rams did. Um, I, I, I like to hear that. Yeah, that uh, that's that's awesome. I don't, to be honest with you guys, I don't know too much about Raheem Morris um, prior to, I guess you say, the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what he's able to do with this Atlanta Falcons, this young Atlanta Falcons team. I actually think he's walking into a decent situation. They still have to figure out their quarterback situation, but he has some young yeah. talent on that team, some very mm-hmm. good young talent, um, and I'm excited for him. And I have to shout out, like you said, the Rams organization, Sean McVay, for um, for ensuring, like, hey, you've got to give him this job. You have to do mm-hmm. it, so for really ensuring that he gets this job. And then, like I said, got another black head coach. Let's keep this going. Let's keep this going, okay? I like, I like this. I like saying that. <laughs> Let's, let's keep yeah. it going. So. I'll also break the news, too, is that uh, Coach Canales, I hope I'm saying it right, the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks is now going to be the new head coach for the Carolina Panthers. And this young yeah. seems like a, a young coach. So we're, we're having news everywhere, but they're starting to fill the NFL um, coaching positions. I do want to say this, Brittany, though, because now there's three coaches out there, and I know this is not on a list, they still haven't gotten a job, and that's um, Pete Carroll, that's Rabel, and then that's Belichick. And I, I don't – are you surprised to see at this point in the hiring process that they, these three names are out there? So you said I was very actually that same thing. Um, <laughs> well, my understanding with Pete Carroll is that he's going to stay with the Seattle's front office. I don't think he's going for any other coaching positions. Um, I thought they said it came out that he he wants to be a part of their front office. Um, he would like to stay part of that organization. Now, for the other two, it was what was it, Bill Belichick, and who was the other one? And and Rabel, Rabel from the Titans, yes, Tennessee Mike Titans. Rabel. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I feel like Rabel maybe end up becoming defensive coordinator somewhere. I don't know. At least for this one year. Or maybe mm-hmm. take a break. Mm-hmm. But as far as Bill Belichick, I just think organizations want to get younger. I think they, like I've been saying, I feel like they're starting to see or relate his success with Tom Brady. And then they see mm-hmm. what he did afterwards. I don't know if they want that with their organization. And it has been said that some players just don't like playing with him. They don't like his culture necessarily. It is a Bill Belichick, my way or the highway type of attitude. And I don't know if organizations now with these the younger generation want him to be the head coach of these young guys. So, And his adjustment to the modern game, I'm not sure if he's able to adapt. So that's why they're going with much younger players now. Less, I'm sorry, much younger head coaches. Less successful, less successful um, and much younger. Yeah, you know what, you may be right that the mindset has changed, um, but it's, it's hard to discount um, 16 Super Bowl championships. And I know mm-hmm. we may associate that some with, with Tom Brady, 
But even I remember Tom Brady replacing, if I'm not mistaken, Drew, Drew Bledsoe and, and then taking it on to the um, – and winning that Super Bowl. But you got to give Belichick a lot of credit because at one point, and I'm not sure in the last 17, 18, 20 years, how, how many times he was, you know, the GM and the head coach, but quite some time. That means he was doing the draft picks. He was picking his mm-hmm. groceries and he was training them too. So, and getting them developed and doing a very good job. I do think there is something to be said though for um, maybe it's a new era, 2024, and the players in those locker rooms are still young men. And if not, they're 21, 22, to maybe 30, 32, 33, 35. Mm-hmm. That's still very young, and I don't know how well he identifies with that. And I do say this, um, Robert Kraft was willing to walk away from him and go younger. Um, so there is that. Let's see, though. He he obviously still wants to be a head coach. Where does he land? And and that I don't know because what's left now? Um, commanders. Uh, the rich, the commanders. And I, I really would love to see Eric the enemy in that. But I hear, too, that some, um, you know, that a lot of people are, are, or some teams are waiting until this round of playoffs is done this this Sunday. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because will Mike Vable be in on the commander's job? Will Bill Bel- does Bill Belichick even want to go to the commanders? Is that a team he could see himself going to? That's yeah. really that's not too many jobs. I think it's Commanders and um, the Patriots. No, wait, the Patriots got Gerald Mayo. Mayo. Yeah, yeah, um, Gerard Mayo. It would be the mm-hmm. Gerard Mayo. It would be the Seahawks. The Seahawks are looking at Dan Quinn. That's who mm-hmm. they've been very intrigued with. So I think that, that may be Dan Quinn's job. So I'm not sure. We're going to see what happens. But, <laughs> but Princess, let's yeah. get gears because um, then I do want to get into the NFL. In the, into the NFL championship predictions. And I just want to take a few minutes to talk about talk about this real fast. But the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA um, fired their former head coach, now former head coach, and Adrian Griffin after a 30-13 and 13 start um, <laughs> to the season. And they went on and hired Doc Rivers and gave him a $40 million contract. What are your thoughts on this? Well, my first thoughts is what was going on behind the scenes that you fire a coach where the team is 30 and 13 and has the second best record in the NBA at this point. Um, how did he get here? And was there displeasure between he and the superstars? And I, I don't, cause I don't understand how we got there and I haven't seemed to have read anything where he's come out and said, I, you know, I heard, saw a couple of headlines today, where he broke his silence and said something, but really he gave the organization a thank you for giving him the opportunity and said he'd like to coach again. So I don't understand where the disconnect is and how you fire a coach at this midseason with a 30-13 and 13 record when you have Darvin Ham over with the Lakers and they're below 500. So And there's no, no talk of that. So something is going on within the organization. Now, Doc Rivers, you know, I actually – was talking on radio sometime this week, and maybe it was with Thomas Epps, who's coming up here at 745. I didn't know that Doc Rivers got such a bad rap um, with the, the the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I thought he deserved another opportunity. And a lot of people even said that he mishandled the Ben Simmons things. I think Ben Simmons in that whole situation, I don't know of any coach ever that had to – to combat what Ben Simmons was bringing, and that is um, pedestrian, you know, complacency, um, and just didn't didn't really he he had no integrity. It didn't bother him to say my back hurts or my mind's not right or any of that. I don't know any coaches just had to fight that between the organization um, for so long. But now Doc Rivers, I didn't think he was going to stay in the booth that long. Now he is a Boston. I'm sorry. A Milwaukee Bucks whose <laughs> colors are just the same, um, and that's where he won his championship. Let's see what happens. I think he has um, a good formula for winning. Um, I, I think he's a good coach. I've always liked him, um, but I didn't know that he had gotten such a bad rap, and I've been reading a lot about that. 
here lately that now everybody wants to leave the the, the Bucks because, uh, you know, Doc is there and they're not going to win for sure now. But your thoughts about this. And a shout-out to Tim Moore. Thank you for sending me that. If you want to talk Belichick, I'll give you two or three minutes here. Inbox me and, and um, you can talk Belichick. But until then, um, y- your thoughts about the, the firing and the hiring of Doc Rivers for $40 million. Yeah, when they fired Adrian Griffin, I was surprised. Now, it has been rumblings that, you know, the players just wasn't – they didn't like how he carried himself. They didn't like his, his schemes on the offensive side of the ball. It has been said that uh, Damian Lula was frustrated, but he was trying to be patient as much as possible. So things just weren't working out. Um, and maybe they were winning those games more just based off the talent um, versus the creativity of the offense. Um, and you kind of see that a little bit. A lot of games that were very tight probably shouldn't have been so tight. And they were just, you know, luckily, I shouldn't say luckily because they are more talented, but luckily to win those or fortunate to win those games in those situations. Um, but it's just interesting because Giannis fought for him to be a, a, a head coach in the off season. He didn't want any mm-hmm. other coach. He fought. And he told, went to the front office and said, I want Adrian Griffin to be the head coach. If not, I'm not going to be here for so long. He so I have no idea what happened to where now you want this young this this uh, uh this head coach fired and then to go and hire Doc Rivers. Congratulations to Doc Rivers, I will say. I'm just not sure if he's the right coach in this in this era of basketball. If this was ten, fifteen, you know, years ago, then you know that's a different era of basketball. Um, I think he would be perfect, you know. But we'll see. I'm curious to see how he's going to coach Giannis and, and Damian Lillard. Is he going to do the same situation that he did with James Harden and Joel Embiid, which caused James Harden to get frustrated because he basically went to James Harden and said, give Joel the, give Joel the ball. Will he yeah. do that with uh, a Damian Lillard say, give Giannis the ball? I'm not sure. I know those Giannis and Joel are two different types of players, so it, it can't work out that way, I guess. So I'm really curious to see because he does have that old school mentality of you're the star, you have the most shots, you basically control what the offense does, um, and you got to give the star our, our basketball. Nick Nurse is different. Nick Nurse likes to spread the ball around and share the basketball. Uh, which I think is a better way in this this day and age. But we'll see. I don't think they get out of the second round. I'm I'm curious <laughs> to see that Nick Nurse versus Doc Rivers matchup. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But Princess, you know I what? Know I do you... say this, oh, Brittany. Um, um, I, I want to say this is that James Harden was another mess, and it, it didn't start off that way. But he became another mess with mm-hmm. um the Seventy Sixers, and I don't know how well Doc handled that or not. But I, I, I have heard rumblings where they asked Harden if you want Doc to come back, and they didn't get a whole lot of support for that. And mm-hmm. after Doc left and they let him go, then James Harden didn't want to stay either. Um, I, I just think that was a, a, another big mess for the 76ers. I'm glad that all of it cleaned up. You can't blame Doc anymore. Ben Simmons is now he's with the Brooklyn Nets, and they said he may play on Monday. What a what a mess that still is, and 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 shame on you, Ben Simmons. But then also, you know, now you got Maxi and 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 Embiid, and Embiid scored seventy points the other night. They look a much like a much better team, and they get along. So so good for them. Good for them. It's time to move on from them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm really curious. It's going to be an exciting time in basketball because there's a lot of teams that are contending for this championship and a lot of talented teams, So, including the Knicks. Yeah. Ooh, I, never yeah. said, I haven't said that in years. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Princess, uh, we have a couple minutes before our guest comes on. So I just want to get into these championship predictions. Is the NFL okay. AFC NFC Championship this weekend? Both games are on Sunday. I believe one starts at three, the other one is a little bit after six. Um, mm-hmm. The first game that we're going to talk about is the Detroit Lions. I know those fans are excited at the San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts <laughs> on this game, and what is your prediction? 
Well, first of all, I'd like to say what a time for the state of Michigan. Um, you, you win the national championship in college football, and your NFL franchise is now amongst the final four standing um, in the NFL, and you're playing on championship Sunday. Um, the Lions versus the 49ers, I expect the 49ers to play a lot better. I thought they looked a little rusty, and up until a minute and some change to go, it looked like maybe the Packers were going to stun them, but they came through. Um, Debo Samuels is um, at least practicing. Let's see what that happens. I think they are better offense with him. Um, the defense uh, is what it is. I don't think anybody's hurt there. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try not to pull on this because we do want to get Thomas in here. I'm picking um, the 49ers in this one uh, over over the Lions. Uh, but what a great run. What a good season. Um, Dan Campbell is, as advertised, he's a good coach. Yeah, um, Dan Campbell is a, a great coach. Um, yeah, the 49ers, you know, uh, I think Debo's going to play on a Sunday. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. This is the championship game. This game in the Super Bowl, and that's it. Um, yeah. Extremely talented offense, uh, real tough defensively. But I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm take a shocker here, and I think it's the fans that got me riled up. They kind of remind <laughs> me of Philadelphia. I don't know why this fan base, and I guess they're kind of, they're a blue, similar blue-collar city as well. So they really ride hard for their for their team, um, and just the team and the way they built it kind of reminds me of Philadelphia. Not this year, guys. The last year, <laughs> last year, um, and they had this that old school, more physical physical type of team. I do think they may struggle a little bit defensively going up against this uh, Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan offense with all these playmakers. Um, but I do still, if Jared Goff is on his end game and not doing, making stupid decisions, they have a very talented offense. That receiver, uh, uh, Amai Ross, St. Brown, I probably said it backwards, that's okay. And Jameer Gibbs and a couple other players, Laporta, and they just signed Zach Ertz. And it, to me, they have the top because the Philadelphia Eagles struggle with their offensive line. I think they have the best offensive line right now in the NFL, so – it's gonna be. It's, this is gonna be a good game. I really think. Um, I'm gonna go with the Lions. That fan base got me caught up a little bit. I'm gonna support the Lions. I'm gonna show them some love. Not a lot of people going for the Lions, so I'm rooting for the Lions on this one. I'm gonna say a 24-21 game. Yeah, right, the, the 49ers said they should have been there last year, so <laughs> they're riding uh, on that. Let's see. Woulda. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Walker. Go ahead. Let's do that last one before we get Thomas in here. <laughs> yeah, so the last, the last, the next game is actually the earlier game, and I'm extremely excited because you got MVP, two-time MVP versus two or three-time MVP. Um, well, wait, he didn't officially win it yet, so we don't know. But the Chiefs at the Ravens, what are your thoughts and what is your prediction? My um, prediction is is that I want the Chiefs. To, to win, I'm going to go with my heart here. And I, and I do think that maybe the Ravens look like in the second half, they look like the best team in the NFL. They didn't look like that in the first half against the Texans. But um, I am a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. This is his sixth or seventh time in the AFC championship game. Um, I am rooting for him. But I want to see a good game. And uh, kudos to where we are in the NFL in the era where we have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson at quarterbacks for two individual teams. I am hoping that the Chiefs um, wide receivers can come to play and don't have a whole lot of drops. And um, I think Travis Kelsey is an X factor, so is Pacheco. And um, But it would not surprise me if the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who I think um, deserves the MVP, does not win this game. But I'm riding with my heart in, in, the, in the Chiefs on this one. Yeah, um, who Isaiah Pacheco? That is one tough running back. Uh, the way he runs the ball is just like a cartoon character, but he runs just like a a robot, just running down. <laughs> um, but it works, it works, <laughs> and I think he even knows that. Um, anything with Patrick Mahomes is already going to be hard uh, by itself. Then you add to me one of the best coaches in the history of the game, and Andy Reid. Um, and their receivers have been catching the football. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. I feel like they're on this high a little bit. 
Um, Lamar Jackson has been playing very well under this new offensive coordinator. I love that young man, Zay Flowers. Um, I don't know if Mark Andrews is coming back yet. I'm not sure. I know they didn't activate him last week. I'm not sure if they're going to activate him this week. They still have another day or two to do it. Um, And that defense is rock solid. Yeah, they let some yards. They give up a little bit of yards, but that's normal. That's every game. Um, But the middle of that field is really, really tough. And I know they're going up against the one and only Travis Kelsey. But, my goodness, Roquan Roquan Smith and um, Patrick Queen are two excellent linebackers, which I hope we get Patrick Queen (laughs) in the offseason. And then they have Kyle Hamilton on that back end. So that's a very talented defense. And if these receivers do not catch the football, this team can be very much so in trouble. In trouble. But the Ravens do have to start fast. If they start fast, that that might catch them. That that might allow the Chiefs to to win this game. I'm sorry if they don't yeah. start fast. So I'm going to go with yeah. the Ravens. I'm going to say 28-21 Ravens. I hope it's a good game. I hope it comes down to the last offensive team with the ball. You know. Um, and, and I think it's going to be exciting for the NFL Championship Sunday. I think won't disappoint um, the Lions, the 49ers, and the Chiefs, and the Ravens. So um, we're going to leave it right there and, and welcome in Thomas Epps here. His new show on Fridays at 6 p.m. coming up at the latter part of February, The Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. I'm excited. I've been working with him um, the last couple of weeks. We've been doing some practice shows. We'll do another one tomorrow night. So I'm excited to introduce Thomas Epps to everybody else and all of the listeners here on She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess. Thomas, how are you? I am doing excellent. How are you guys doing? Doing really good. Say hello to Brittany Jones. She's my co-host on Thursdays. She Knows Sports. It's all girls affair, but we wanted to make sure and um, <laughs> invite hey, you hey. to the game and, and introduce you. Hey, Absolutely. I'm a fan. I, I, I'm a fan. I was sitting there listening. I was like, wow, great point, great point, great point. So you guys were getting me pumped up. So I I love it. You know, I love women in sports. So you guys are doing your thing. And I'll, and I'll be listening, in, you know, every Thursday night. Awesome, awesome, you awesome. football team? Oh, the Cowboys. So I, I don't even, uh-huh. I don't even, I, I don't even, I don't even want to talk, you know, right now. You know, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. I should be used to it, you know, but I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm, you know, I'm always going to root into, you know, for my boys. You know, we got a lot to do in the off season. I just I hope Jerry you, Jones can just let let it go, just let go control, <laughs> let his son take over, and so we can finally, you know, get it right because we got the talent. You know, yeah. we just need, yeah. um, he just needs not to mess it up so we can get over the hump. <laughs> Listen to Brit- Brittany breathing. I don't know. I don't know if I could deal with another Cowboys now. I, I don't, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an eagle. I'm a fan of football, you know, growing up in Philadelphia. You know, I'm a big, I was a big time Tony Dorsett fan. And, you know, I wore the number 33. So, that that was my team since the seventies, since I can remember, and I, and my earliest memories were about seventy six and seventy six and seventy seven season, you know, watching football with my dad. So, and I just watched Tony Tony Dorsett break off these long runs. I remember um, Drew Pearson and and, um, and and Calvin Hill, Grant Hill's father. So, yeah, um, God, I can just uh, go through the greats. Even when they got bad, I just, just remained. When Danny White was the quarterback, I just remained a Cowboys fan and always, you know, just rooted for him. But I, I, mean, I love you grew football. up in the Thomas, city of Philadelphia. Thomas, did you, you say grew you grew up, up in, in Philadelphia? <laughs> That's right. You I'm mean saying. Philadelphia, Alabama? Or no, Philadelphia, <laughs> PA, Philly, uh, Uptown. You can't, don't, so anybody you can't, from Philly, you can't go home. Philly, you say Uptown. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm home all the time. I'm home all the time. And I'm always in good company when I go home. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I like I that. I like that. That's the worst. Now, that's the worst <laughs> one. When you grew up in Philadelphia, that's right. you know, my friends from Philadelphia, I'm from Philadelphia, and he, I can't even get it out. You know what? That's, let's, let's, that's let's right. Let's talk about his show. 
Let's see if I got that's right. So I can. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. I'm seeing, I'm seeing I'm getting off the right foot over here. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. My cheeks hurt from smiling so much over that. Oh, that's the wrong kind of fan, for sure. Thomas, go ahead if you can. Tell us a little bit, because I want to ask you about LSU South Carolina tonight, but tell us a little bit about what you're going to do with your show and, and, and how um, you're going to present it. Well, the crossroads in life and sports intersect. I remember um, a quote from, from, Michael, from Michael Irvin, great cowboy, when he talked about <laughs> his early um, hurricane and how that was the first you really saw, you know, sports and entertainment really crossing together with those early Canes teams. And I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. so when I was putting together the concept, I was like, wait a minute. You know, sports crosses everything, whether it's sports and culture, sports and politics, sports and economics, sports and relationships. So why not have something called a crossroads? Because folks, are, we're always at those intersections, you know, in life and sports, especially here in America where sports is a, is a big part of our culture, but it connects to everything. Let your NFL team move to another city, and you'll see how much it affects. You know, so ask those old Baltimore fans. I'm so happy for Baltimore. They finally um, got something they can hang their hats on uh, after losing the Colts. But Baltimore as a city was down for a while economically because that owner took that team to Indianapolis. So sports connects to everything. Uh, So this show is designed to drop nuggets and also um, give you a different perspective you know, on sports. And this has some great, awesome dialogue, you know, between uh, myself and our co-host, you know, whoever. And it's always going to be a mystery because we're always going to be bringing on someone with a different perspective and our, our listeners out there as we allow them to call in and join our calling family for them to be a part of it as we grow this thing out. Amen. Amen. Thomas, I want to ask you before we get out of here, because I want to definitely get to this South Carolina LSU game. we got about um, 10 minutes here, but I just want to ask you your thoughts about women's basketball and LSU South Carolina tonight and the tickets from 2000, some of the tickets going for $3,500. Are, um, how... are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tickets going for 3500 wow. for this game tonight. And all 12 head coaches from the WNBA will be there tonight and um, no. tip-offs here is in 10 minutes. But your thoughts about um, the evolution, this, 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 I think this is the pinnacle right now from where women's basketball was to where it is now. Your thoughts? Well, first, I'm, going to give, I'm not going to give you a prediction. I'm going to give you a spoiler. I'm going to give you South Carolina. It's going to be the winner. Um, <laughs> you know, big shout-out to, you know, Dobbins, Tech High, Doyne Staley, you know, 20, 25th and Diamond, Moreland's Recreation Center. Once again, Philly's in the house representing. But <laughs> South Carolina had, I don't He's know, the I don't thing. know the point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't know South Carolina's point guard. Oh, but but she is incredible. She's like a, a younger version of Dawn Staley. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. She can, she can really put it on a string like, um, like Kyrie. Um, she has handles. She has inside-outside games. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how she goes up against, you know, you know Angel Reese. But I think South mm-hmm. Carolina is, is going to have possibly a one-loss one season or undefeated season this year to make up. This is, this is the, it seems like this is the team this year. Yeah, you know, um, LSU, uh, they have a freshman that can shoot that ball. As a matter of fact, I think all five starters are um, averaging double figures. But um, they don't have a whole lot of depth on their bench, and I think it may come down to the third or fourth quarter. And South Carolina is ten strong; they can play ten yeah. pretty strong, um, and, and bring in a nucleus um, that can still handle that ball and do well. I think you're talking about Tahina Pow Pow, the transfer from Oregon, who is handling that ball at point guard for um, South Carolina, who has the number, um, the highest average at the three point percentage for the season in women's college basketball. And that's the first time that I thought that was a deficit for South Carolina last year. This is going to be interesting. Um, South Carolina won by 22 last year and still lost, didn't make it to the national championship game. LSU wins the national championship game. So, you know, this is a tale of two seasons. Brittany, um, you end this for us. Your, your thoughts here 
um, with Kim Mulkey versus Don Staley. I know we talked about it in the beginning, but give me about 30 seconds here. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> look, I love both of them, but, you know, Don Staley's my, my, my girl. <laughs> Always and forever one of my favorite players just in general from Philadelphia and a true Eagles fan. She really represents the oh, city. Uh, <laughs> I say. Um, but no, uh, like you guys say, he up. has been doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. They still have Bree Hall. Um, mm-hmm. They still have uh, uh, Camilla Cardoso. So they have a lot mm-hmm. of talented players. I know on the other side is Angel Reese and, and the young the younger, I can't think of her name right now, but she's also a rapper as well. Very talented. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a hard-fought game. Um, but I'm going with South Carolina all the way. I love Angel Reese and her and her mentality. But I got to go with South Carolina. Um, and I think that they're going to win at least by 10. Okay. Yeah. We're going to leave I it like right. I, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping so. But, you know, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina, so I follow the women game pretty um, closely. I'm still a Florida Gator, but I, I do follow them. And what Don Staley has done um, with this city and with that stadium down there, Colonial Life Arena, where they have the highest attendance in women's basketball, I think this is a three or four years straight. And there's 15,000 strong every time they have a home game, which is amazing to me. Um, they were outperforming the, the, the men um, for sure. But we're going to leave it right there. I'm a Don Staley fan. I, I really am. And I want to see them win. But if it takes them winning the national championship and learning a lesson tonight about, you know, away games on, in the height, then okay. But I, I think they do win tonight. I think they have more depth. But this uh, – shout out to ESPN. You know, game day there and all of the the fixing and putting the spotlight on women's basketball, that's the most important thing for sure. Congratulations, Thomas. I'll see you tomorrow night at 6 p.m. I am so honored that you are a part of the network. I really appreciate you being here. Um, Brittany, um, it is now uh, weekend E. We love this part. We love this part for sure. Absolutely. Welcome, Thomas. Although you're a Cowboys fan, we're going to get past that eventually. Just need some time. I need some time. Um, but no, oh, I'm excited. Boy. I'm excited. I'm excited you're a part of I can't be bribed. I can't be bribed. I'm excited you're a part of our family, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing, hearing um, and listening to your show. Thank Amen. you so much. I really Amen. appreciate it, ladies. All right. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Brittany. We'll see you next time. I'll be, uh, we're going to be, I don't know, we're going to practice. Um, we'll be live here soon, but I'll be with Thomas tomorrow at 6 p.m. and then Sunday at 7 p.m. with uh, We Know Track and Field with Coach Richardson and Coach Rucker. we got a lot going on in the network and still more to come. I can't wait to um, announce some other things. Never had it so good. We'll see you next time.